Okay. Good afternoon, everybody. Hope everyone had a great Chagim, uplifting, and Bezrat Hashem Shekol Hatfilot Hit Kablu Beratzon. We are Amen. continuing uh, with volume nine, and we're a bit behind, but Bezrat uh, Hashem will 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 keep to the. I think we're one week uh, out of schedule, but Bezrat Hashem, we are now continuing with the second year of in uh, in in this volume. The main topic that we're going to be discussing today. The first is the major machloket between Rashi and Rabbeinu Tam, and we'll try and understand the history of that machloket, the background of the machloket. We'll try and understand the idea, how could such a machloket have come about? Um, uh, which is quite an interesting thing, because if we think about it, I, all I need to know, if uh, if I don't know what order to put, uh, you know, how my tefillin is made, all I need to do is open up my father's tefillin. And if he didn't know, he opens up his father's, father's tefillin. So where exactly did the suffix arise? That is going to be one topic of the shir. And the second is the laws of the sanctity of tefillin. Um, and that's going to be in terms of what we, where we can put our tefillin, uh, when we're traveling, can we put them in the bags, in our suitcases, and things like that, and um, and, and sugi is connected to intimacy when tefillin and other Sifrei Kodesh are in the room. So, we're going to stop with the second topic, and that is the sanctity of tefillin, um, and we will uh, we'll go through Oh, geez, we seem to have lost Ravdar on. Seems to have got muted. Be back in a minute. Okay. What happened there? Um, I lost the I lost the the Zoom. Did everyone else lose it as well? Was it just me? Yep, we lost you. We lost you. Um, but you're back now. Okay. That's the main thing. Right. So hopefully that won't happen again. Um, let me share my screen. Um, where is the server? Um, let's change it. Right. Give me one second, sorry to. Oh, there it is. Um, okay, we're back in business. Okay, so the sanctity of Tfilin. So the sanctity of Tfilin, the, uh, the four basic topics that we're going to see in the Gemara, how if one can hang one's tefillin, um, sitting on a bench with a tefillin, intimate relations, and the last topic is what happens if tefillin lo aleinu fall on the floor. So the Gemara in Brachot, Chavdala, tells us regarding the first topic. I'm a Rabbi Hanina. Ani ra'iti at Rabbi. I saw Rabbi Udanasi, the author of the Mishnah, she talat 
he hung his tefillin on a hook. Also, Gemara makes it there. Atolet vilav The Gemara tells us that anyone who does such a thing, a curse will be upon him. He's putting his life in danger. You're putting your life literally is hanging in the balance. Anyone who acts in such a disparaging way for his tefillin. So how could it be that Rabbi Yehuda Nasi hang his tefillin? So says the Gemara Lokashia. The, the disparaging way is when you hang the tefillin, when the head, the, the, the bite is dangling from the, the ritzuot. That's a problem. But when you put the head on the hook and the leather straps are hanging down, that's okay. The ibaitema, a second possibility, loshna ritzua, loshna ktsitsa asu. Hanging it from the head or hanging it from the straps is problematic. So what was the case with Rebi? The kista tala. He hung it in its pouch. Meaning if you have tefillin in a casing, you can hang that tefillin. Now this is obviously very important. You, know, you have people who have these tefillin bags, right? I have a tefillin bag that I put over my shoulder. And so theoretically, could you hang that filling bag on a hook outside the uh, the restroom or things like that in the shul? According to what the Gemara is saying now, Lichora, that's okay. Says the Shulchan Aruch in Orachaim Siman Mem, Asur Litlot Tfilin, Beben Batim, Ben Beretzot. You cannot hang the actual Tfilin, whether it's from the straps or whether it's from the actual bayit. Aval Mutar Litlotan Bekisan. But if it's package, Right? It's okay. It's okay. I saw that Rabbi Ghazi felt that uh, that when, you know, in my yeshuv, people uh, go to shul on their bicycles. So they have their tefillin in the tefillin bag and it's on a, on a strap and, and, you know, it's hanging on the handlebars. He felt that that was not, uh, was not okay. Um, again, according to the strict Law of the Shulchan Aruch, I think that's not a problem. Um, but just just to point out that I think Rav Al-Ghazi did think that that was not mechubed to, to Tfilin. But as we've seen, according to the Shulchan Aruch, at least strictly speaking, that wouldn't be a problem. The next common case is what about sitting uh, on a bench with where you have Tfilin? And here says the Shulchan Aruch, even if you put your tefillin bag in another bag, let's say in a suitcase, you're traveling. You're at the airport. You've got your tefillin in your suitcase and you're sitting on the couch for five hours and you want to put your legs, rest your legs on your suitcase because, you know, first of all, you can go to sleep and it's a nice uh, uh, leg rest. And second of all, no one's going to steal your bag because your, your feet are on top of it. So according to what the Shulchan Aruch is telling us, that's a problem. You've got to take your tefillin bag out, and then you can put your, your, um, your feet on your suitcase. And furthermore, he says, Place your tefillin next to the bed, since there's a concern that you might come to knock them. It's the same act of a disparaging way to treat the tefillin, and it's as if you are putting your feet on top of them. Now, the Mishnah Burra adds 
um, he's describing a, a reality that I think is best known for music chairs. Anyone who's ever seen a music chair? Is basically uh, a chair at the piano. Our piano stool has like a limb shebebet Exactly like a piano stool yeah? that, that they used to have in the, that basically would lift up the seat and there there would be a place to put your tefillin. So he says that but if there's a gap of it, at least a tefah, then says the mission then definitely okay how that they still make the chairs this way. Obviously, they took into account the shittas of the Mahmirim, and now there is a place to put your tefillin, but it's generally um, in front of you, at least in Israel. That's a very common way of, of uh, they, there's like a, a teva is where you put your siddur, not that you actually sit on it. Now, the Piskei Trubot uh, talked about the discussion that we were, what about a person who's traveling? You want to put your tefillin in your bag. What would be the case? Um, so he says, so you've got your tefillin inside a, 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 a suitcase. You can't use it as a pillow. You can't put your feet on it. Even if they're, you know, obviously there's all your clothes, your toothbrush, oven, can't do it. You're not coming in clearly. We don't hear you. But to place your 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 suitcase. So we lost you again. Uh, uh, yeah, there's a lot of background noise. Um, Daniel? Daniel? Um, Okay, sorry about that. Let me just get back to the page that we were on. Um, um, what page was it we were on?
Here we go. Um, okay, we're back. Uh, apologize for that. So, so the pithcake pivot is basically if you want to rest your head on the, your suitcase when you're traveling, you have to basically take your filling bag out. And then he says, furthermore, in the second paragraph, let's say there's you're sitting and you want to put your twilling next to you. Can you put it on the bench? You have to raise the tefillin, put something, you sitting on the bench. You want to put your tefillin on the bench, no problem. Put something else on the bench and then put the tefillin bag on that. Right? It has to be something that is not considered a tefillin bag. So if you put an, you know, your suitcase or something and then you put the tefillin on that, there's no problem. It should be that the tefillin is a tefach above the bench. Okay, so that, that's the second din that we've seen over here. The third din is the din of marital relations. Okay. And by the way, when we're talking about marital relations, uh, and not necessarily talking about, I have to see less uh, common in today's times, but obviously, Sifrek Kodesh and Tfilin might be very uh, problematic. So now, says the Gemara in Brachot Chafhei, says the Gemara in Brachot Chafhei, um, How's it an election now? Not so good. Okay, let me let me try and move to another room. I'm gonna try and move to uh to another room. Let's see if this is How's the, how's the internet now? So far, it sounds good. So far, so good. Better or worse? So far, so good. Okay, so let me, let me try over here. Um, hopefully, we'll be with no other faults. Okay. Just uh, if you're not hearing me, if it goes bad, just give me a thumbs up or something that we, we that we're having a problem. Okay, so far you can hear me. Okay, so here the Gemara says in Masecha Brachot Chafhei, Vayesh Sefer Torah. If there is a house that has a Sefer Torah or Tefillin, Asul Shamesh Bo Etamita Atiyotzeim or Sheinichem Kli Betoch Kli. One cannot have relations in that room unless sorry when it says by it it's referring to a room right not necessarily the whole house unless you cannot have relations in that room unless you do one of two things either you remove it from that room or you place it on one vessel within another vessel amara said when it says one vessel in another vessel 
That's referring to a vessel that is not designated for the tefillin. A vessel that is designated for the, for the you know, like our, our tefillin bags. Even many bags would be considered one covering. Now, where do we find this is very practical. We have our tefillin and, and usually I think everyone today has like uh, hard plastic tefillin boxes, right? So theoretically, that's one covering. And then after you have your tefillin box, you put it in a, a, a tefillin pouch. So that's the second covering. But what the Gemara is telling us, what Abai is telling us is, since they're all designated to look after my tefillin, it's considered as if it's only one covering. Meaning I would have to cover my tefillin, not only in, even though the tefillin's in a plastic box and then it's in another covering, and then, you know, there might be a plastic over there. It doesn't help. But since all of these box or all these coverings are designated to protect the tefillin, it's considered kechad mana dami. It's considered as if it's one, um, one covering. So we'd have to find another covering over and above. And I'm Rabbi Yushra bin Levi. Abishwabin Levi says, Sefer Torah, Sarikh la Sotlo Machitza Asara. A Sefer Torah, you have to make a machitza of ten tvachim before one can have relations. Mazutra ikle lave Rabashi. Mazutra went to the house of Rabashi. Khazi le duchte de marva Rabashi, the manachme Sefer Torah, the Avid Machitza Asara. He went into the bedroom of Rabashi's son and he saw that Rabashi's son made a, a, a machitza. And he had placed the Sefer Torah on the other side of the Mechitza. Amar Lehi, he said to him, come on, Rabbi Yishev ben Levi, are you, are, are you following the Shittah of Rabbi Yishev ben Levi? And that's why you have a Sefer Torah, Mekel, to have a Sefer Torah in your bedroom with the Mechitza. Eimadam Rabbi Yishev ben Levi, the late Lebaita Acharina. When do we say that a Mechitza works? That's when you don't have another room in your house. Avamad. But you, you have another room. So if you have another room, certainly you should not just rely on a mechitz of ten tvachim. And I'm a lay lava daite. Said you about it. So that's going to be quite important. That even though theoretically there can be times where you might need to make a mechitz and that will be good enough, it's definitely not the ideal scenario. And uh, we're just going to, there's, there's a machloket between Rashi and Rabbeinu Yona, how to understand a kli betoch kli. Now, the truth is Rabbeinu Yona is very difficult to, uh, to understand. So we're just going to go with the shita of Rashi, which is how the Shulchan Aruch paskins. The Shulchan Aruch paskins as follows. Uh, a room that has tefillin. When either you take the tefillin out or you place the tefillin within another bag, a, a, a vessel within a vessel. But the second vessel has to be not, not my tefillin bag. It has to be something that is not designated for protecting my tefillin. Because if the second covering is also designated to protect my tefillin, it's not going to help. It's all considered one big covering. And this is very similar to what we have today. So let's say a person goes on holiday, he's in a hotel room, there isn't 
really a lot of place in our hotel room to put your, you know, you don't have a second uh, suite to room to put your, your twin in. So you put your twin in, in the room. Uh, but it's a problem. So says no problem. Take your twin in bag and put it in another bag. Let's say your suitcase, for example. And that would be okay. Says the Ramah. And if both of them, both coverings, are not designated for the tefillin, meaning as long as one of them is not designated for the tefillin, and you've now got two coverings, you're good to go. So classically, this uh, takes place for many people. People go on holiday, they're in a hotel room. You need to put your tefillin bag in a separate, in another suitcase, or in the cupboard. As we'll see, the cupboard might be a separate, might even be better. Says the mission Burak. Not only Tvilin, Chumashim, or Sidurei Tvilot, or Shal Svarim, Bein Bektiva, Bein Betfus, Hakol Yesh Bein Kedusha Bein Ali Betoch Kli. All of these things, you need one vessel within another vessel. Even though they're not uh, written on parchment, you know, with the thing they printed, that would still be, uh, it'd still be uh, uh, a problem. The Taz Katav, and the, the Taz says, that if you've got a safer, you've got a Gemara. You take your Gemara on holiday, your Daf Yomi, it's a problem. Take your Tzurba booklet, it's going to be a problem. It needs to be within two coverings. The Chavot Yair wanted to be Mekel Bishat Atchak when regarding printed uh, uh, Torah literature. So today, I don't think most people are Bishat Atchak. You can always find another bag and you can always put it in the cupboard. Um, now, the Mishnah Bura adds. Um, when you're thinking about a bag, one vessel within another vessel, we're thinking about that it's covered in all sides, meaning you've got your, you know, it's got almost like a basket with a lid on top. However, says the mission Bureau, no, that's not the meaning. Almost like a challah cover. Imagine you've got a challah cover, right? So you've got your tefillin on the table and you put like a, a handkerchief over or a blanket over the tefillin, it says the Mishnah Bura, that's good enough. That's considered one covering. You, you need two coverings, right? But you don't need a vessel like a suitcase that covers it from all sides, from the, you know, all six directions. What you need is you just need to cover it, anchor on the top. And since it's covered, you know, it's on the table, whatever it is, that's good enough. That's not covering from the bottom. So that's a very important cloud regarding, that's a very important cloud regarding how to understand this kisui that the Mishnah Brura explains for us. Explains to us. Now, the Mishnah Brura just adds over there uh, just an important din regarding Kilchot Mezuzah. We said one of the things that you call, having relations in a bedroom, right, when there's a mezuzah there, is going to be problematic. So the, the easiest solution, which is generally what, what, what is done, as far as I know, in, in, in most people's houses, is that the tefillin is on the outside of the, of the door. 
So, so when you close the door, the, sorry, not the tefillin, the mezuzah is on the outside of the door. So when you close the door, the tefillin is at, the, the mezuzah is outside of the bedroom. But let's say whatever you're in a hotel, uh, uh, something like that, and it, it's not it's not built that way. Uh, and I, I have been asked questions where they've found houses where it wasn't built that way. So what do you do in that situation? Certainly, if it's your own house. And this is a long-term uh, uh, problem. I would say change the door frame. But uh, often you're just visiting people. You're there for Shabbat. What do you do in such a case? So in this case, says the Mishnah Baruch, If the mezuzah has a glass covering, So that's considered one covering. The diaper presat so all you need to do is cover it with a type of blanket or covering over that mezuzah, and that's considered two coverings. Because now you've got two coverings, and it cannot be seen. If you can still see the, the, the mezuzah, even though it's two separate glass containers, it's not going to help you. So, there are actually two criteria going on over here. Number one, I need a klee, one vessel within another vessel. Number two, it needs to be covered. It can't be see-through coverings, because if I can see the mezuzah, I'm still in trouble. Now, furthermore, says the Chochmat Adam, this is a famous uh, um, dean of the Chochmat Adam, he says as follows, Nire. If you made a mezuzah, like two separate vessels, in order that it's going to be one kli within another kli, since I intended it to be a kli betoch kli, that's good enough. Many are machmir, they don't accept the shita of the Magen Abraham, and in general, we are machmir. Bottom line, it comes out that if you have a mezuzah, the bedroom mezuzah should not be see-through. That's a very important, uh, when you're put, putting up your mezuzahs, the bedroom, you, today you can buy plastic uh, mezuzah cases that are see-through. That's very good for everywhere, except for the bedrooms, right? except for the bedrooms. Okay, let's move on. Um, we pretty much covered most of the topics over here, and I want to, uh, just very briefly, if the tefillin fall, so what happens? So the Magen Abraham writes. So quick question for you. Yes. So you're talking about a bedroom. Um, obviously, that's very popular. So these clear mezuzahs cases. Yeah. Yeah. So if the door is not fully closed, you know, if you can't see it, is it does it have to be the door closed, or you just can't see the mezuzah? Um. Hold on a second. You're talking about that the mezuzah is doesn't have a, a double covering and it's see-through. Yes. So yes, yeah, so you have a, a clear. I mean, they make, they make these clear acrylic cover, uh, boxes, if you like. And then you put the mezuzah right. gets wrapped in um, a little bit of uh, cling film plastic. Right. Yeah. But obviously, you can right. see right through it. So that is double covering, but you can see through it. So you're, oh, what so you're I saying? It's a problem if you can see. If you can see right. the mezuzah, it's still a problem. Right, so yep. what I'm getting at is if you then, um, 
if you the door isn't fully closed, but you can't see the mezuzah, is that acceptable, or, or does it have to be a fully closed door? That it, un, under no circumstances can you see it. In other words, where the bed is, you can't see the mezuzah. Right, right. Um, I would imagine that since the door is blocking it, the Gemara in Eruvin, uh, sorry, the Gemara in Psachim talks about uh, that if it's Lifnim, the Vibachutz, it's considered if it's out there, meaning if it's, the, if it's on the door frame closer mm -hmm. to the other side of the room or, yes. or facing outward, it's actually considered in the other room. So it's not really in the room. Uh, halachically, and as long as you can't see it, I think it would be okay. So even though the door isn't completely closed, I think since it's actually halachically considered outside the room, it's not a problem. It wouldn't be a problem. Me'ikara did, I think. Okay. I think that would be the case. Okay. okay. Now, says the Magen Abraham, what happens if it's filling full? So you, the Magen Abraham brings Nagu ha'olam lihitanot shenaflut filin al-aret that if filling full, the minag is too fast, right? Um, and he adds the tzarich lomar the mani nartikan. That we're talking about filling when they are not in their case. Now, today, what does that mean? Because we have these plastic boxes. So sometimes, first of all, can happen that filling actually fall. But if filling fall in their plastic boxes, what would be the din? And here Rav Neustadt says in source number 17, if tefillin fall to the floor when they are covered, fasting is not required. Even the thin plastic boxes used nowadays for tefillin protectors are sufficient to be considered covers. Right? And therefore, and in general, he said, instead of fasting, one should give, one should give uh, um, tzedakah. Okay. Um, let's move on it's just the Yalkut Yosef and others that saying today instead of fasting people should give tzedakah let's move on to the machloket between Rashi and Rabbeinu Tam a very important topic um, that also has machshava uh, roots uh, that are very deep and this is a machloket that has been going on for generations, as we'll see. So says the Gemara, the source of the machloket comes from the Gemara in Menachot Lamedal. The Gemara in Menachot tells us, Sodran. We know that there are four separate parashiyot, right? That we, we, we put in the tefillin. And how are we going to put them in the tefillin shorosh? Kadeshni vayakaviyacha miyamin. Shma vayayim shamoa mismo. Let's just take a few seconds to read that writer carefully. We know that there are four paragraphs in the Torah. Two of them are in Shmot, Kadesh Li and two of them are in Sefer Dvarim, Shma, the third, the first paragraph of Shma, and Vayayim Shamo. Shma is in Parshat Vayetchanan, Vayayim Shamo in Parshat Vayek, in Ekev, right? So it seems quite clear what the order is. First, Kadesh, then Shema, and then Vayayim Shamoah. What's, what's the Balagan, right? Vatanya Ivra says the brighter, but we've heard the opposite. Amarabaye Lokasha, not a contradiction. Kan Mimino Shal Kore, Kan Mimino 
שלא מניח. It depends, we, we, when it, the, the Brighton says we learned the opposite, it seems to be the opposite is the opposite order, meaning it's the opposite order of instead of going from right to left, maybe it's going from left to right, whatever it is, says Abaye, it depends. It's the same order. It depends from the person putting it on or the person who is looking at him, who is reading it. The person putting it on is obviously his right hand is, and if the person facing me, that would be his left hand. So it depends, am I looking from the person putting it on or am I looking from the person reading it? Right? So, and it seems that the completion of that Gemara is meaning the way it's focusing on the Kore, which, we'll, uh, which we'll discuss in a moment. Because right now we've got two possibilities of how we could, how we could uh, place these four parashiyot. Assuming I know the parashiyot, in order one, two, three, and four, I still have version to place in two, three, four, or one, two, three, four. It's not so clear. Do I go according to the Miniach or the Kore? Let's continue. Says Rashi. Rashi explains to us. Ketzad Sidran, say the Hanachatan. How do I place them in the actual Tvilin? Can me man shall Kore, can me men shall Maniach? Meaning, the person who's reading it is standing opposite the person who's putting on his tefillin. So obviously, the person is standing opposite me. His right hand is my left hand. How does Rashi understand this last line in the writer or the Gemara? It's according to the order in which they appear in the Torah. Which would be Adetli Vayakviacha Shma and Vayim Shamoa. Mukdam Mukdam Mukhar Mukhar. You go according to the chronological order. Kilcha Hadakatani Lel Kadesh Vayakviacha Miamin. Miminoshal Korekamar. It's on the right hand side of the reader. So if I'm putting on Matfilin, right, it's going to be the reader, the right hand side of the reader is actually. If, if, if this is my head, right? So basically it's actually on the left-hand side of the person who's putting on his own tefillin. And it's the person who's standing opposite me is the kore, which is, by the way, very interesting. Why are we interested on the person who's reading it and not the person who is putting his tefillin on? So I heard uh, a friend, uh, Darren Platsky, he answered that perhaps because the whole idea of a tefillin is an ot, is that it has to be seen so we are interested not from the perspective of the person who's putting on the tefillin, but also for, or, or more importantly, the perspective of the person who is viewing the tefillin, seeing it oppositely. Okay, that's just uh, to put it on the on the back burner. And then when the brighter says, but we've learned the opposite, the mashma kadesh v'aviyacha, Mismol, that it sounds that the the pasuk kadesh and referring to from the perspective of the person who is placing it, who's donning the tefillin. Do yamin shall kore, which would be the right hand side of the uh, of the the person who's reading it. 
Now, this is all good according to Rashi. What we have to take out from Rashi is that there is a very specific order in which we place the four pieces of parchment. What are they? I'm just going to skip Tosfot for a moment to go to a picture so it's actually easier to follow. Let's go to the picture over here. Here we go. Here in Utam, right? Sorry, Rashi. We first have Kadesh, right? Then Vayakviacha, then Shma, and then Vayayim Shamoa. Tosvot have Kadesh, Vayakviacha. And then from the left, we have Shema and Bayan Shamoa. So if you notice over here, the Machloket between Rabbeinu Tam and Rashi is regarding these last two parashiyot. Do we switch, according to Rashi, you go in chronological order, Kadesh, Bayak Shema, Bayan Shamoa. According to Tosvot, no. Shema, Bayan Shamoa is from the left. Kadesh, Bayak is from the right. Now that we've seen the picture, let's read Tosvot inside. Tosvot say as follows. V'kashel Rabbeinu Tam da'amai palginu she'koreh sh'taim ha'rishonot mi'amin u'shtaim ha'achronot mi'smol. Rabbeinu Tam has a very simple question on Rashi's explanation. Why does the brighter seem to put two separate groups? If they are all in chronological order, and I know that four parashiyot, I just say, like the Chanukiah. Let's take the, the argument of how to light the Chanukiah. Beitil or You start from the left, you start from the right, and Pochet Vorlech or Moslif right? But once I know where I'm starting, and the only question is, do I add? So once I know that I'm starting on the Kadesh, then all the others just follow in order. Why did the brighter almost make two groups? That's the cash of Rabbeinu Tam. Amai Palginu. Why separate them? If I know four parashiyot, just say the first one and the rest follow. Right? Miyamin ushtayim achronot mismo. Hayal olom harishonot miyamin v'kol acherot mismo. The first one starts on the right and then the next one is on the left and the next one on that is on the left, etc., etc. The Gimori shall not me amin. The first three are from the right. We read Mismon, the fourth on the left. So he explains, no, why did the brighter put two separate kind of groupings? They are on the right hand side of the reader. And on the left-hand side of the reader is Shema. And after that, you have Ayah Im Shamoa, Mibifnim. V'nicha hashta mashech salku, v'chein tireish Rabbeinu Chananel. Says Rabbeinu Tam, now the, the, the pshat of the Gemara makes more sense. And says Rabbeinu Tam, don't think I'm making this up. Because Rabbeinu Chananel, which is a tradition of the Goinim, agrees with me. What's interesting over here is that generally, Rabbeinu Hananel, um, his Masorah is usually correct, connected more to the Rif and the Ramba. And therefore, we would expect that if Rabbeinu Hananel's 
explanation is basically according to Rabbeinu Tam that the Rambam and the Rif would follow that same Masorah. However, we don't find that. The Rambam follows Shita Rashi. Before you get the Rambam, can I ask a, a somewhat more, more fundamental question? Yes. The, we say that, that the, the, the Machloket is dependent on your Misora, right? So Rabbeinu Tam, all the Tosafot are the grandchildren of Rashi. Of Rashi. Why aren't they following the Misorit of their grandfather? I mean, the grandfather. Okay, so let, let, me, let, me, let me rephrase. Rabbeinu Tam, and we found this often, does not necessarily feel compelled to follow his grandfather or Misorah if he believes the sugya is, 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 is mistaken. We find Rabbeinu Tam, perhaps more than any other Rishon, was quite radical in terms of saying, right? but since this is such a fundamental argument, because according to Rabbeinu Tam, you're not Yotze with the, the Tefillin of Rashi, and according to Rashi, you're not Yotze with the Rabbeinu Tam. I mean, the stakes are quite here, high here. You know, all of Am Israel basically either going to be fulfilling the mitzvah of Tefillin or not every day. Says Rabbeinu Tam, just so you know, not only is my reading of the sugya more correct according to you know fits better but i'm not making this up because rabbeinu hanan also had such a messiah so i don't think that rabbeinu tam necessarily always feels compelled to follow a messiah but he's telling you that i'm just i'm not throwing out the messiah completely i'm not throwing out my grandfather's messiah there's another messiah which is maybe even predates the messiah of rashi and that's Rabbeinu Hananel. So, Mali, if you're going to go on Svora, my Svora works. I'm reading the Gemara Kapshuto. And if you tell me throwing my face as a Masora and am I being a radical, no, I've also got a Masora. Don't worry. I'm not making this up. This is also the Shita of Rabbeinu Hananel. But I don't think that's necessarily Rabbeinu Tam's critical decision of, of how to read the Sugya. Rabbeinu Tam read Shas how he understood it. And then afterwards, built it up also that, by the way, there's also Masorah of Rabbeinu Hanan. What's interesting is that the Rambam, who we would have thought follows Rabbeinu Hananel, over here goes like Rashi. And the Rambam does not, did not see Rashi. According to most opinions, Rambam never ever saw Perush Rashi on the Gemara. Um, says the Rambam, in Hilchot Tefillin, Perek Gimel, Halacha Hei, Keitzad Sidura Parashiyot B'Tefila Shal Rosh, the Tefillin Shal Rosh, Machnis Parasha Achrona Shehi Baya Im Shamoa, Bebayit Rishon Shu Al Yamin Shel Maniach. So if it's the Yamin of the Maniach, if, 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 I'm, if my head is here, and this is, so it's going to be on the right-hand side of the Maniach, because, right? And then, after that, you have and then it's on the left hand side of the person placing it so 
Says the Rambam, you get this order wrong, you're not wearing tefillin, a parcel. So here the Rambam follows exactly the shita of Rashi. So, so far we've seen two shitot, Rashi and Rabbeinu Tam. Interestingly enough, the Rambam shares the shita of Rashi and Rabbeinu Hananel seems to share the shita of Rabbeinu Tam. Don't know why we don't call it shitat Rambam Rabbeinu Hananel, but that's why we call it shitat Rashi and Rabbeinu Tam. There's the Beit Yosef. What are we going to do with such a machloket? Katab smag. Um, before we get to the Beit Yosef, let's ask a fundamental question. How is it that such a machloket could come into being? Surely, just open, you know, there's a machloket. Okay, so open up your father's uh, uh, twilling and, and check it. Open up your grandfather's twilling, meaning Midor Dor, they were suffering, they were making twilling, and they obviously knew what they were doing. So just, uh, how can there be such a machloket, right? So there are three basic understandings of how this machloket came into account. If, uh, if you have the cipher at the end of this uh, shir, there's a fantastic essay by Rav Avichai Goodman, um, one of our participants, and he explains, he brings down three different approaches. Approach number one is the approach of the Arizal. It's the approach of the Shut Mina Shamayim, that basically uh, both are valid. Both of them are valid. Yeah? But um, both of them are valid, but it's a machloket, meaning the Shut Mina Shamayim was written by one of the Balei Tosfot, Rishon, and he would ask a, a question and put it under his pillow or something, and in the morning he'd get an answer. And the answer that he got was, just as in the Beit in Shalmata there's a machloket who's right, Rabbeinu Tamarashi, so to in Shamayim there's also machloket. Explains our result that really Moshe Rabbeinu got like, it was never so clearly what exactly was. So there's always been this machloket uh, in, in um, even the from the times of Moshe Rabbeinu. Shai says that, etc. The second understanding is that there were generations where people stopped putting on tefillin. There were times in the Jewish history where people stopped putting on tefillin. We know, says Rabbi Ovadia Yosef, that the Gemara tells us that there was a time when people forgot how to write letters. So Rabbi Ovadia, and that's uh, the Gemara says, Furash, right? So Rabbi Ovadia Yosef says, well, why don't they just open up the tefillin and see how the letters work? Minastam was the period where they weren't even wearing tefillin. So there were periods in Jewish history where Jews were not wearing tefillin. And that's how this often comes, uh, comes about. A third understanding is quite a radical understanding, and that is the understanding of Rav. And Rav Kasha wants to say a beautiful chidush, um, and he says like this, that in the, in, in the, in, we know that regarding the blowing of the shofar, we just said Rosh Hashanah, you say tekiah, is it a shvarim, is it a truah? And the Rambam says that we don't know, it's a real suffix. But Rav Haigaon, sorry, Rav Sadiagon says, no, 
says that really there were different. Moshe Rabbeinu says a trua. What is a trua? Different possibilities. And he didn't decide which one was the correct possibility. And all the different possibilities were valid. But then the Gemara wanted to come and basically say, you can't have every different community doing a different matter. So we have to be kovea, what is the halacha? Says Rav Kasha the same thing regarding Tfilin. Moshe Rabbeinu was given two possibilities of what the, you know, the order of the Tfilin was not critical. All, all different possibilities were acceptable in the halacha. Until the Amorim said, no, we can't have this, we have to pass in halacha. And Rav came and passed in halacha that it has to be a certain, um, we have to standardize the halacha. So, but, so, um, so the Gemara, that's why they, they, when they wanted to decide on a, on a scenario, the Amorite couldn't just open up all the tefillin because there were different minagim and they were all valid. And now when you want to decide which is the chosen minag that Rav was paskening, well, difficult to paskin it from the shuk because they were all valid up until that stage. So that's a very unique and radical explanation of Rav Menachem Kasha. Says the Beit Yosef, the Katav Smag Vamorcha Shachuk Tav Meeret Israel Shenafla Bimash Bima Shal Keber Yechezkel. That the tomb of the Prophet Yechezkel opened up. Umat Usham Tfilim Yeshanim Yeshanim Maot Kaseider Arambam Varashi. So here, this is the smug telling us that they have historical evidence of Tfilin from the time of Rashi, uh, sorry, from Yechezkel, according to Shitat Rashi and the Rambam. And the Rashi in Rashi Rambam. And then he adds at the end, Bottom line, we follow Rashi. All the big guns, you have the Ramban, Rabbeinu Yonah, the Rashba, and the Mordechai, right? and the Smag, all basically saying Halacha Karashi. Not only that, they've got historical proof. But then comes the Rosh. And the Rosh says, and this one is passed to that one. We know that there's place enough to put two tefillin shal rosh. Person is going yerei shamayim should have two pairs of tefillin, one shal rashi, one shal rabbeinu tam, and place both of them simultaneously on his head. And the other twilin is just uh, whatever. It's um, it's just a strap. And aim can baltoisiv says the tour, even though you're putting on two puts of pairs of twilin simultaneously, aim can baltoisiv. When's the When you take the twilin and you instead of having four containers, you have five. 
right? Because over here, the one pair, the echad min azugin chol have basul l'taten bekishel tefillin. It's completely different. You're not even putting in the tefillin of uh, putting in the, your tefillin case. Eli yasech nei kisin v'siman nekol kis v'kishelo yachlifem. I put them in separate containers and have a sign so that they don't get uh, confused between the two. Bottom line, how do we pass it? How does the Shulchan Aruch pass it? Says the Shulchan Aruch, Seir Anachatan Bevatim Lerashi Barambam, and he tells us the order, Bishman Rabayam Shamoa, Ula Rabbeinu Tam, the opposite, the Minhag Haolam Kerashi Barambam. The Minhag is at. Rashi at Rambam. And then he adds, Yerei Shamayim Yetzei Yedei Shnehem. Should do both. V'yaseh Shtei Zugot V'yaniach Shnehem. Right? V'ashar Hem Kerozov Baumak. Yimamikom Yesh Barosh. So according to the Shulchan Aruch, Lichorah, you should be wearing, people should be putting on both Tvilin, Rashi, and Rabbeinu Tam simultaneously. However, the Beit Yosef says, he found the Truva of the Maharil. The Maharil is the father of Ashkenazi Minhag. He calls it Chubat Ashkenazit. Shnei Zugei Tvilin Lochazinan Rabbanan Kishishai Da'avde Hachi. We haven't seen the great Dole Olam that did this. V'kufa Azel Bata Reishev Zamchina Mashakatav Smak Bahu Dekeva Dechezkel. And the goof has to go off to the head. What does that mean, the goof has to go off to the head? We, we are. <laughs> Who are we? We follow our Gedoidim, the Rashba, the Ramban, Rabbeinu Yona. They didn't make two pairs of Tvilin. So we are, you know, who are we to go against them? And furthermore, we found historical evidence from the Yechezkel. Even Rabbeinu Tam had a, did a Sheilat Shalom, Shalom, and he made a question. I, even Rabbeinu Tam wasn't sure if he was able to put on tefillin the way he wanted to. And says, since it's not common, it looks as if it is an act of haughtiness. I, you're acting that you're all pious, right? You're renowned for your piety. And that's a problem because uh, someone who is muhzak as a real chassid, not in the chassid that we know today in terms of are you chassid or are you misnagid. But a person who's a real known for his uh, piety, he can put it on. So based on that, what is the Shulchan Aruch say? Even though Shulchan Aruch first said, you know, we should all be putting on two pairs. But then he says, oh no, actually only do this if you are known to be pious. Now, why, why, why is that? There could be two reasons. Could be two reasons, and this could be a very important nafkamina. Reason number one why we don't put on two pairs of tefillin is because the Rashba and the Ramban and the Ramban and, and Rabbeinu Yola didn't put it on. So who are we to act more pious than them? Possibility number two, look around your community. No one's putting them on. So if no one's putting them on, so how can you do it? Now, obviously, the difference between two, those two reasons is very clear today because today you have thousands of Hasidim that put it on. So we have thousands of Hasidim that put it on. And many are living off of the, the, the Swahili community in my, my Yeshua put it on. 
So Lichora, it's not a problem of Yura for me to put it on. But if the problem is because the Ramban and the Rashba and the Ra- Ram- and Rabbeinu Yonah didn't put it on, then I'm still in a problem, right? So it's not so clear why the Shulchan Aruch says only a person who is muhzak and mafursam b'chassidut. What does the Mishra Burr say? How does the Mishra Burr explain this? Put it on only after tefillah. And the Be'eretev katav be'ish echad she'ya noheg la'anich tefillin do rabbe tam la'achar tefillah b'farhesia b'ifnei ka'al imech z'kiyora Is this considered uh, considered uh, haughtiness? Pasak b'tshuva ma'arash ha'levi demech z'kiyora It's not appropriate. It looks haughty. V'tzarich sh'yivatel minago He has to nullify his minag. Even if there's certain a few people are doing it, it's still considered Yura. Why is it still considered Yura? Possibly for the reason that I said before, because the Rashba and Rabbi Yona didn't do it. However, the Yalkut Yosef says, wait, upstairs? Okay, two minutes. Um, oh, sorry, stop. It's two, it's two o'clock. But basically, the Yalkut Yosef says, um, um, the bottom line is, one should be, one should try and be machmir for Rabbeinu Tam. And there are different opinions between Rabbeinu Tam and, uh, and, and Hasidim and Misnagdim, whether we should. Um, and each will do according to they do. But now we know at least the historical reason behind the argument. Okay. See everybody next week. Yashakov, thank you for listening. Thank you for, your t- thank you for your time. Yeah. Bye. Carry on.